0: Ladies and gentlemen another fantastic episode of human resource talking i'm jc all the way up in beautiful sunny warm new york state and heading all the <laughs> way down heading all the way down to sunny central florida ricky bias
1: my brother from another mother I know I keep talking about sunny and beautiful it is down here. Today is not one of those days, my friend.
0: Dude, Um, it's all over the news everywhere you go. There's a threat of iguanas falling from oh, uh, from man. what the world is talking about. Interesting things, With J.C. actually did a piece on this. Uh, yeah? We will be featuring that in our Florida Man stories coming up later today because it is relevant. However, <laughs> um, <laughs> Rick, what's going on? You got lizards falling from the sky in zero-degree weather. Yes. Well,
1: not zero degrees, because uh, uh, Florida, it's a, a safe haven for iguanas. I mean, I don't know why I used the word safe haven. I don't know where they're coming from, but they live here. They love it here. The weather's beautiful until it's not. And when iguanas climb up a tree, since they're cold-blooded animals, when it gets cold, then their movements, everything they do starts to slow down oh, until it's, it gets it's, cold
0: enough to where they, free, they freeze. It's torpor, Rick. It's torpor that does that did you know who Who's torpor torpor it's oh goodness from star wars no i don't want to ruin the whole thing but guess what ladies and gentlemen you
2: i brought guess it up.
0: yeah <laughs> hang on oh got it got it also oh, we're talking about it now okay got it. got it
2: it's time for florida man
0: story florida man's story is to kick off the program this week ladies and gentlemen Florida Man Story is brought to you in part by Baezco.com. Biesco.com Stop by for all your human resourcing needs. Biesco is there to further support your endeavors reaching for the future. If you need world-class human resource services, stop by Baezco.com. And now for your Florida Man Story, which was actually (laughs) featured on Interesting Things with JC, my other podcast. Feel free to stop by. Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, you name it. You love it. Check it out. Walmart. It's all about, Rick, the falling iguanas. When temperatures dip into the 40s and 30s, green iguanas in South Florida actually fall from trees. It's become such a concern that there are falling iguana warnings on the news. These cold-blooded reptiles enter what's called a state of torpor. Their breathing slows down, and so does their metabolism. It's a form of hibernation. This is how tropical reptiles protect themselves from cold temperatures. Torpor is an involuntary response, and the animals trade torpor's benefits of conserving heat in cold conditions for an increased risk of being snagged by a predator. When it all gets really cold and they fall into this state, they start... Losing all control of their motor skills. That's why there's constant iguana warnings this time of year on the news. They fall out of trees on chilly nights. And some of these iguanas can get pretty big. The green iguanas that commonly fall out of the trees in South Florida, they're not native to the region. It's believed they're descendants of iguanas that were pets that began to thrive in the wild. Officials say that if you see an iguana fall on the ground, it's not advised to rescue it, save it, or even cover it with a blanket. When the sun begins to shine and the temperatures warm back up, these lifeless iguanas will spring back to life like something out of a zombie movie. Iguana-caused damage was once reserved for backyards and landscaping, but when there's a threat of iguanas raining, it kind of kicks things up a notch one florida man thought he got the jackpot seeing iguanas all over the ground he loaded up his car with frozen iguanas anticipating a big barbecue and he drove off the heat inside the vehicle was up and it warmed up the iguanas all of a sudden the gentleman had a whole pack of iguanas running around on the inside of his car and it actually caused the man to crash Because the green iguana is not native, it is technically an invasive species in Florida. There are other instances of iguana damage that have caused multi-million dollar concerns in West Palm Beach. The city had to spend $1.8 million to repair a water facility that was damaged by burrowing iguanas. Officials in Florida believe that removing invasive iguanas is now necessary to protect Florida's ability to manage its fresh water sources. The green iguana that now calls Florida home, it can actually grow up to six feet long and weigh between 25 and 30 pounds. So when you turn on the nightly news and you hear about falling iguana warnings, this is literally a real thing. Do you know what you call an iguana with no eyes? Guana. Uh, These are interesting things with JC.
1: I got it. I got it. I, I wasn't even thinking there, JC.
0: Iguanas. That's how they are. Yeah. What are you calling an iguana with no eyes? Guana. Guana. <laughs> Come on, Baez. Yeah, I, I didn't realize it was that drastic and that severe in the state of tour I learned a lot doing the research on that piece. It's actually the highest listened to piece this week. I figured with a Florida tie-in, it would be fantastic for the episode. And Ricky, can't thank you enough for, you know, ushering in the Florida man story right here in the beginning, man. Because that was crazy. In. It was crazy. Could you imagine all those iguanas in your little Honda? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Hyundai, right? Which
1: essentially is a Honda with no eyes. Look, um, so if you. There you go. Ah, I got it, huh? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, I'm awake this morning. I'm awake. So, is that a true story about the guy who picked up all the (laughs) and they just came back to life with the heat of the car
0: absolutely you know what's (laughs) even crazier is the thought that 1.8 million dollars of damage was done in west palm from the iguanas rick how crazy is that could you imagine being the hr person and you're like well we have to hire a new crew
1: Or or I'm like, this is where I can't get a raise. Yeah. Freaking iguanas. Right? <laughs> right? These iguanas. But you know what, though? It, it, um, I, w- I was talking to somebody earlier earlier this past week about iguanas. He brought it up, right? And then I'm telling him, it, it, well, he's telling me about these old, old, old things about iguanas in, in South Florida. And he's like, do you have the trouble up in Orlando? And I'm like, no. He's like, why? I'm like, I don't walk under trees that much. So he starts laughing, right? He's like, "Holy smokes, that's actually a good idea." I'm like, "Dude, honestly, the best way to get to avoid being hit by an iguana just don't walk under a tree in the cold."
0: Yeah, done. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Hey, um, you're without good. further ado, today yeah. is a very special episode, um, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up in April, Ricky Byers and I, you're going to be able to find us at the 25th anniversary. Space Ghost HR conference in person, live on the floor. It's gonna be my pleasure to be there. MCing the event that day. And Ricky's pleasure being behind the table, willing to meet and greet and usher you on over. Um Everybody. if you do have if you do want to talk to him about HR consultation stuff, that's up to you. You know, that's not why he's there though. He's there nope. to talk to you about you, Iguanas. to talk to oh. you about human resources, to talk to you about leadership. Anyone come on by the table at any point in time for an interview. It would be our pleasure and honor to either record something solo with you for use at a later time or put you in part of our program that we're going to record live on the floor during the red carpet special that day. Right, Rick? that is right
1: that is going to be an april 20th 2022 in cape canaveral tickets are still available folks just go to spacecoasthrconference.com again that is spacecoasthrconference.com we have a wide array of speakers to kind of let you know everything there is to know about employment and labor law human resources empowerment and how to use all those skill sets to
0: navigate the workforce in this day and age interestingly enough though we're gonna be talking about each one of those speakers separately as the next few weeks go by. And with that being said, Ricky, who do we have on this week?
1: Ah This week we have Ashley Brundage. Ashley owns her own company and she is an author. She is a motivational speaker. Um actually she and I spent some time together this past week talking about what kind of, uh, uh, it's a, what kind of topic she's going to bring to the floor on the Space Coast uh, Conference here coming up in April. And one of them is empowerment, but I'm not going to give too much away. I got that clip here coming up, JC. Check this out. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Check it out. Hello, everyone, folks. I have an awesome guest for you today. Who we who we are going to be talking to today. This is somebody who she's going to be the keynote speaker at the Space Coast HR Conference coming up here in April 20th, 2022, the 25th anniversary by the way, here in Cape canaveral florida jc is going to be the mc for the event i am going to be there uh, with the hr talk podcast booth documenting the entire event but that's not what i'm here to talk about i'm here to talk about ashley brundage ashley is the public actually she is an author she is the president and the founder of empowering differences folks please help me welcome ashley brundage All right, Ashley, how are you today? Thank you. I'm so excited to
3: be here and join you in this HR talk podcast. We're going to rock it.
1: Oh, you just wait because we are going to rock it. We are. So, so look, we've been, I've been, I, I've been looking up your profile, looking up. Wait, you've been Googling me? I've been, (laughs) I've been FBI searching you. Yes, I have. Because I'm like, who is Ashley and why is she going to be the keynote speaker? And dang it, I know why. I'm looking everywhere, and I'm seeing all uh, all of your stuff out there. And you know what? I'm not going to say it for you. I think you will be the best person to explain what your purpose is, what you're all about, and what you're going to bring to Space Coast uh, to the Space Coast HR conference in April 20th. So, I'm going to pass it on to you, Ashley.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bring empowerment awesome. because you know what? Empowerment is a powerful tool that we can all use. And when we talk about empowerment, think about it as three key principles to drive change for other people. You have to have authority, power, and people involved for real empowerment to flex. Okay. And that is the app of empowerment that everyone can use regardless if you want to download it or not. It's there. It's sitting there. It's waiting for you to grab it and hold it and take it and do what you want with it. Because I came up with a four step process to use empowerment to change my life and to change other people's lives as well. And this four step process, I actually uncovered it when I went through harassment, discrimination, homelessness as an out transgender person living in Florida in 2010. And I found a job as a part-time associate at a bank. And then in four years, I used my empowerment program to grow my career from part-time associate to become the national vice president of DEI. Wow. And (laughs) with no college education. Okay. So you tell me if empowerment can be used as
1: a tool to impact lives. Oh, you don't have to convince me of that. I know empowerment is really it's really powerful. I mean, it's obviously in the name, but I think what gives empowerment the 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 value that it really has and people may or may not realize the value it has, what really gives it that umph is experiences. Whether it's positive or negative, right? So it, it's I'm looking at your profile, especially on LinkedIn. So I saw that you had that job over with the bank, and then you went all the way to be an executive, but then you said, "I'm done. I'm going to start my own business." and And that's what I want to hone in on. What What happened that you're like, you know, what this just isn't for me. I'm going to go out and do my own thing and put my voice out there. What was the one thing that kind of that catapulted you to where you are today?
3: Um. Well. I really wanted to live and breathe the brand of empowerment every single day. Mm -hmm. And the financial services industry is very tough in that space because their platform is somewhat sometimes can be seen as disempowering for people. Um, They're literally right. Making money off of your money.
0: Um,
3: And that whole concept. And I don't know if you want to read, right. Social cues and other conspiracy theories and whatnot, but that, that exists, right? How that work, how the money, how money works for you and money leads to power. Yeah. Um, And so I really had to look at my brand and and associate my brand constantly with empowerment. So that meant that I needed to really practice what I was telling everybody else to do. And I was going to be out there and I built a digital learning solution for empowerment Uh, that I uh, partner with several major corporations on Mm. to help their employees connect and learn and grow through empowerment. Uh, But now I have the time and the bandwidth to produce special empowering theming events and conferences um, and drive that empowerment for people through other various programming.
1: Nice. So, so it's, I resonate with that because early in my career in human resources, it's I landed in benefits and then went to the diversity and inclusion piece of it with training and development, and that's when I started to recognize, wow, we have issues as a society. <laughs> we do. We really do have issues. I used to work for an organization, uh, for a public organization, a, a county government, where um, back then a specific unit within that business, the the not the genetic makeup. So the demographic makeup of those positions was nowhere near the pool of candidates that we were that we were recruiting from. Completely different. And if we're doing our jobs correctly as leaders and as HR professionals, we have to be able to make sure that the pool in which we recruit from has to demographically match the the amount of people we have in the organization. So that's when I quickly learned. I'm like there's an issue here, whether, whether it's education, whether it's empowering. So, so what are some of the tools that you used? Well, well, I guess what I'm asking is you had to use it for yourself personally, right? Because that's what really got you to start doing this and, and, and educating other organizations and business leaders what they need to do. But how, how do you use this for yourself first that kind of gave you the idea to, to kind of go out on your own?
3: Yeah. Well, it definitely starts with my four empowerment steps. And step one is to know yourself. Mm -hmm. So I actually published a self assessment um, that helps people do that. Okay. Um, And that's available for anyone to download right on my website at empoweringdifferences.com. You can just click the self-assessment button and download the assessment. And my thinking in making my assessment free is I'm giving someone the first step in their empowerment journey. I'm giving them that authority and that power to drive that change for themselves through their differences. And I've curated these questions that I'm going to ask them in this assessment that they're going to hold on to. Because oftentimes you take assessments and you plug it in the computer and then it spits out a response to you and says you are a this or you are a that. And sometimes that can be helpful if you read and you learn and grow that way. But empowerment will always start and end with you and how you access content to drive change and how you get to perspective And as you're driving towards perspective and lived experiences and growth, you'll answer these questions that will eventually lead you to pivot back to see what your responses were. And as you change your perspective and also guess what else can change in your world of DEI? Your differences can actually change. We sometimes think about our differences as very static and that I'm at this and that's it. Well, if you start looking at my research, which was based on the 10 most common differences that we hold as humans, I found that through those 10 most common differences, a majority of them do change, like your age changes, your physical abilities or your attributes can change, your knowledge level, education can change, your language can change, um, if you're like me, your gender could change, yeah. <laughs> your sexuality can change. Um, so you start to realize that your religion can change. I've had three religions on this planet um, that really? have been a basis for, for my lived experience. Wow. So okay. you start looking at this and you're like, well, wait a minute. Oh, wow. A lot
1: more things can change about your makeup of who you are than staying the same. So, it so that's interesting, right? Cause I've got a similar journey when it comes to religion, right? Because I grew up with one religion. I went to the to the military. Uh, I've kind of found out there's more than one religion once I started seeing the world, right? <laughs> and, and as I got older, my mindset, my point of view to the world has changed. It doesn't mean that I'm changing who I am from my perspective. It just means that I'm learning and evolving as a person, right? So... So here's my question to you. So that worked for you, right? You've had those experiences and you put those to work, right? So when you talk about change and changing people's perspective, let's switch that to a business mentality. So it's easier to say, let's go ahead and change a point of view or here's these experiences that can help you shift your point of view to where we need to be. It's something completely different in making it happen. How do you help a business go from theory to application to where it really is fruitful for them and their organization?
3: Yeah, I, I think that then it's centered in empowerment is the guiding principle because mm-hmm. they're going to, so your organization's employees or constituents all understand empowerment from a foundational level is going to impact them in the way at which they'll be able to communicate the financial impact of the work that they're doing. Mm. So my whole concept of empowering your differences is literally built on speaking to the impact that you're making because the impacts is ultimately where the empowerment lives. So my step props, right? So know yourself, that's the assessment. Know others is kind of learning about other people in this world. Um, develop your strategy is step three. And then the last step is to take action. So there are empowering actions that I outlined through my program. Powering action lives at the intersection point of the action that they're asking you to do, like inclusion, for example, yeah. right? Everyone's asking someone to do inclusion in this world. Um, yeah. But include. With empowerment sprinkled in at the same time, rubbed in, dry rub, marinated, whatever you want to do. You're making me um, hungry, and that's, Ashley. <laughs>
1: You're right? making me hungry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <Go ahead.
3: laughs> but but that's the uh, that's knowing the the impact, right? Yeah. The empower speaking to the empowerment is the power and the authority and the people, right? So it's back to the app. If you know what the app is of the empowerment that is being driven through that action. Mm-hmm then your employees are in a better scenario where they can say, oh, well, yes, inclusion was driven for the 400 employees that participated in my events this year, which resulted in 10 promotions, which resulted in, um, you know, growth in salary by 50. You know, these are numbers that drive empowerment mm-hmm. of people, right? So that's the that's the impact. And it can also be on the flip side of, Someone just looking for employment. I know that from my journey, when I was trying to find employment and I just talked about why I was a good candidate and the the work that I was going to do, that was never going to be enough to fight through my differences to get someone to hire me. Mm. But when I started talking about the $1.7 trillion buying power of the LGBT (laughs) business community, Holy snap, it was like a whole different perspective change. And then I would talk about that I'm just one of 2 million transgender people who live in this country. Oh, well, wait a minute. So, knowing who you are, the know your other people in this world is about doing your work and your research to be able to speak to the empowering data, because the empowering data is what will always be the difference maker in empowering your differences.
1: So I laugh because it's, I, I saw that coming. I saw you talking about it and I'm like, yep, it's going to be down to the money because that is the motivator. Actually, that really is that motivator. Um, it, it's, uh, I teach for a, for a local college here for the Masters of HR program. And I always tell my students, whatever initiative you want to give from an HR perspective to the business leader, you've got to put a business case to it and how it's going to affect the bottom line. You've got to learn to speak the language of numbers. And the number you use, what did you say, 1.7 trillion?
3: Yes, that's the 10th largest economy
1: in the world. <laughs> yeah, that will open some eyes. <laughs> yeah, bigger than Russia. <laughs> wow, wow. So, okay, so that definitely will do that. So you use numbers and you use, you know, just just business case to kind of drive that home. But actually, you know, even then, and I've run into this, even then, you still do have some business leaders, you still do have some influencers that are just resistant to change, right? Why do you think that, why do you think in 2022... Right. Because I still can't believe in 2022, we're still dealing with some of the things that I would think as human beings we would evolve from like years ago. <laughs> right. Ah. But, but, but why do you think today people still have an issue with just having a, a really good conversation, even doing business with somebody or an idea that's that's radically different than theirs? What, they, what have you seen? They haven't
3: yet either physically lost money on their paycheck or physically gotten more money on their paycheck yet because of it. If that happened, then I can guarantee you at that point that person's gonna say, oh, well, I don't wanna lose this site. And a lot of in, you know, a lot of what we do in this space of DEI is a branding concept problem. It's a big branding problem because we say diversity and we immediately scare about 35% of the population away from our targeted audience. Because our target audience for
1: diversity programs is yeah. everybody, right? True, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that 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 is true, right? You yeah, can't say but, I got a diversity program, but it's only for these folks, <laughs> right? I get right. It. Well, I mean,
3: because what is diversity, right? It's differences. Yeah. Hence, why my company is called Empowering Differences, because there are seven billion different people on this planet, and the differences are we will we will always have them. So, if we don't learn how to empower them, then Right. You can always come from a privileged position or a dispersed li- position on each and every difference. And so that's where it comes. Right.
1: So you're talking about their experiences. Right. Right. It, it, yes. So, yes. So that makes sense to me. It does. Right. Because I I can just how I grew up. Uh, so, I mean, I could say it. I grew up Catholic. And I grew up thinking that was the only religion there was until my... Hey, I oh, was then- married
3: in the Catholic Church. Oh, you see, there you go,
1: right? <laughs> so
3: I'm trying you know. to one-up you on that one. <laughs>
1: Oh we, yeah, we got to talk, yeah, because uh yeah yeah it 's a whole a whole other conversation with that uh, no so, but I because of my experiences i I just didn 't know any other religion out there right until I saw the world right i it's I went to Greece, I went to Israel, and i 'm like, oh wow, this is bigger than what I thought, so experiences is big, but you know for somebody who has an experience, for example um it 's somebody. Who I've seen this happen at work. Somebody, person A, who works with person B, person A at the office experiences um, uh, racism every single day of their life. The person they work two feet from 40 years on the earth has never experienced racism. Right? So I guess my question is how do you how do you bring them together so the other can understand? the other person's experiences and how they don't correlate with the other. I don't know if that question makes sense.
3: Yeah, no, it does. I mean, it just comes down to like a lot of people on this earth don't know what it's like to face transphobia. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I know what that's like. (laughs) I know what it's like to literally be, have someone look at me and then immediately start discriminating me um, just because they looked at me. Um, And honestly, not many white people know what that feels like um, just Mm -hmm. as a general construct. Um, to be having someone look at you and then immediately start discriminating you. Um, but I think that um, to get someone who's never experienced that on any level, um, any kind of phobia or discrimination um, experience, uh, ism, right? Yeah. You um, we, we really do hope that that person starts to understand the, the importance of empowering others and coming from a privileged position versus a disprivileged position don't think you're actually literally going to change their heart or their mind without without making them see it yeah. like they have to actually yeah. see it happen um i i've curated these 10 empowering actions to make impacts for other people and the one that is the best in this case um the one action that i always try to pivot back to in this space is enlightenment um because the action of enlightenment drives greater knowledge and understanding. It's the difference maker in what between education and enlightenment is that validation of someone's understanding. So if you can literally have a conversation with that person and use my empowering action of enlightenment, then that's where they're going to gain that that knowledge and understanding of what, ah. what the other person's going through.
1: Got it. So, let me ask you this, then. April 20th, you're going to be in Cape Canaveral, right? Are I'm you, going to be there, yes. Are you in Florida? Are you, are you yes. from Florida? Yeah. Where about? Uh,
3: Tampa, Florida.
1: Ah, horrible weather. We're ha- well, actually, I'm in Orlando, so we have horrible weather today. But Tampa, got it. Yeah. Love. I was just there a couple of weeks ago, taking my son to a Tampa Bay Lightning game. Love the area. Love it. So, <laughs> Let me ask you this: So, April 20th, if you're going to be in Cape Canaveral for the 25th anniversary, um, Space Coast HR conference, the twenty, yeah, the 25th anniversary, you're going to be the keynote speaker. Don't give anything away. I know, I know, you've talked about some of the things that that that, that are involved with your organization, with your mission. Um, it's uh, to 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 tell to the world. But what I want to to ask you: What is the one thing you want our audience to know about what you want the audience? In Space Coast HR Conference to walk away with just one thing, don't give it away because then you know we, we got to sell tickets. So,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm obviously going to be providing the secret path to understanding empowerment. Boom. Um, you know, uh, you, you've heard a little bit about the four steps, but I'm gonna obviously dive way deep into uh, how these four steps create change for other people.
1: Awesome, Ashley. Look, I am excited, I cannot wait. Again, April 20th, go to EmpoweringDifferences.com. That, that is your website, correct? I make is. sure I got it right, right. If you want to hear more <laughs> about Ashley and, and her mission and her company, she is also an author. She has uh, um, e-books on it, and she has an online course, and she is going to the, be the keynote speaker at Space Coast HR Conference in April. So, Ashley, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it, and I will see you in the spring
3: yay have a good one (laughs) excited
1: come on dude come on it's all about empowerment it's you know for for the past couple of years uh, actually even before these past couple of years people did have a hard time whether it was working you know too much for one employer all these different things and these past couple of years really put that extra drop in the bucket where a lot of people's buckets are spilling over with issues and, uh, talking about how you can, you can ha- it's be in charge of your own future, your own empowerment. I'm telling you what Ashley Brunner's story is strong. I cannot wait to see her live on stage.
0: Fantastic. Great job, Rick, uh, Ashley, thank you so much for stopping by. I look forward to, uh, hearing your presentation over at the conference. Rick, as we move on, we do have uh, still quite a bit to get through. I've got four current event stories here for you, and a couple of these are actually pretty groundbreaking, man. Oh, okay.
2: It's time for current
0: events. events. Current events this week is brought to you again in part by Baezco.com. They found a couple. They found a couple extra dollars to make their advertisement go just a bit further today.
1: About eighty-five. Just a dollar eighty-five. That's what I found. So
0: it kind of the- helps that like we we yeah, sure. don't actually have sponsors. You own Biesco, so it all just kind of fits together real nicely. <laughs> you know? Actually,
1: it owns me, <laughs> Ricky.
0: I am going to give you it's a choose your own adventure day and you are going to get to choose one of two essential options. Would you like to head to Ocala St. Louis Springfield, Missouri or the hospital?
1: Oh God, not the hospital. Let's let's come home. Let's go to an hour and a half North of Orlando Ocala, Florida.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this, is coming to us out of Ocala, Florida, courtesy of WCJB. The former city of Ocala HR director has pleaded no contest to a charge of domestic battery. Court records show that on Monday, Jared Sorensen changed his plea from not guilty. Sorensen was arrested in early November after Ocala police reportedly uh, reported that he shoved a woman during an argument. Officers say he also beat her on the head with a hairdryer. He was sentenced oh, wow. to 40 hours of community service and one year probation. HR director for the, well, rather the former city of Ocala human resource HR director in, in that melee right there. Um, needless to say, uh, they may be hiring. Feel free to stop by Ocala, uh, Ocala's government website and uh, see whether or not there's a, currently a posting for a new HR director. You'd probably be a great fit at this time. Ricky, over to you.
1: No, I'm okay. Uh, Ocala is a beautiful place. I love it up there. I don't know. It's I'm good where I'm at. But, man, that kind of anger coming from the HR director. Look, it, it's I know – I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> I mean, that person should lead by example, and obviously what happens outside of work stays outside of work until unless you're an HR director, then it follows you at work. It becomes a news story at the uh, world-famous HR Talk podcast, and now we're talking about you. Yeah, so – there you go. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, so the perfect segue there is uh, anyone else who is listening to the program that feels that that job is right for them, Ricky has just declined. So feel free to I stop by. It. Stop by, check that out in case they haven't hired anyone yet. So um, this immediately segues into our next story, which takes us directly to the hospital. All you had to do is pick the first story, and the path is already laid out for us here, Rick. You know, this today comes to us from the medical press. Uh, The title of the story is patient aggression and physician burnout are are the makings right now of an HR crisis in healthcare. It really is Rick. Um, Before the pandemic, managing patient expectations and dealing with disruptive behavior in medical clinics was already a top stressor for physicians and HR people alike. But now during the pandemic and through all of COVID-19's insanity, The stress has been built even higher. A 2021 survey by advocacy group Doctors Manitoba found that 57% of physicians reported mistreatment from at least one patient in the previous month. Verbal uh, Verbal abuse included racist and sexist attacks, as well as being compared to Nazis, Nazis and more Nazis, and accused of profiting from the pandemic as a Nazi. Other aggressive incidents include being spit on, vandalism, social media attacks, physical assault, and death threats. A national petition was put uh, to uh, was put out to put pressure on the federal government, resulting in Bill C3 enhanced legislation increasing penalties for harassment directed at healthcare workers or restricting their ability to provide care. So, from the HR perspective. You have a lot of doctors and clinical staff saying, screw this, we're out the door. We don't want to deal with it anymore. From that being said, HR directors have a higher burden of stress. They are now, unfortunately, having hard times coping with that stress. But the healthcare system does belong to us all. Recruitment does need to move forward. And it's part of your job. Ricky Baez, back to you. This is it, it's it's unfortunate to hear,
1: but believe it or not, JC, this isn't new to them. Now the amount and and how much is happening is new because that's that's a it's it's a, a, at a different level. But they get that all the time. It, it's don't get me wrong. It's not justified. It really is not justified. But it shows that there's only so much a human being can take. So when these folks decide enough is enough and they leave, I don't blame them at all. Oh. Now this is what HR should do. Go ahead. Being. Human bean, being, yes. Not being. Well, you're the only one who hears beans. I, you know what? What if I like beans there, JC? I love them. <laughs> okay. Nice. Nowhere to go with that one. Nope. <laughs> Got it. We agree. So, from, from an HR perspective, here's what you should do when you have employees that are being burnt out. What are you doing for them above and beyond what you were doing two years ago? Because things have changed. Everything that's happening now its just more amplified, and there's only so much a human being can do or can take. So from an HR point of view, you need to be able to give all your employees from executive leadership on down the tools they need to navigate these issues, help for them outside of work. Not only that, what kind of policies do you have in place that would prevent or stop the, the patients or – well, yeah, patients in – in this situation from being so unruly. Do they get written up? Do they get a reprimand? Do they get kicked out? I know that's a little bit different, right? Because you can't kick somebody out who's about to die from a heart attack. Some things are, are, are different, but there has to be something in there that you as the leader of the organization can do to make sure that the most valuable asset in your organization are being protected and that is your employees. So start thinking about that because whatever worked in 2018, 2019 is not working right now. So you're going to have to go back to the drawing board and recalibrate.
0: Look, I know that we are in a realm of uh, multiple years of political correctness, and there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, as you have these discussions, I strongly encourage use of candor tact. Candor, part of yep. JJ did tie buckle. We could talk more about that on another program, right? <laughs> But there's an importance to bringing candor back into the workplace and emphasizing that into your culture. Candor, hand in hand, uh, with transparency, builds trust. It does. Uh, not trusts. Plural, just trust. If it was building trust. trusts, we would all be rich. So, yes, That's right. exercise, exercise candor. It doesn't have to be radical candor. Encourage open and honest conversations amongst each other. You know, if there's a disagreement, talk it out. Get past it. But provide the people that are stressed out an ear, a soundboard, and and afford that opportunity to them to come to you, just like the way that Ricky's telling you. You can receive that advice and much more. Stop by biascode.com. Our next story is coming to us from Missouri. Missouri. Now, Ricky, in Missouri. The uh, Ozarks. Uh, the Ozarks. That's right. Ozarks. The Ozarks. Oh my gosh. Tell me oh, that was such, not such nuts. A- Look, the awesome. only thing that I said to people when I finished Ozark season 4 part 1 was they done pissed off Ruth. Am I wrong? <laughs> like you th- you literally can't say
1: more. Am I No, I'll say this. I honestly think this whole series season 1 through 4 should be called
0: Ruth is pissed off. I think the whole thing is building up with her being the primary character in this entire thing. I don't know. I I can't even start. So, look, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, everything's been a supporting story until now. I got you. Would you. you like to go to St. Louis, Missouri, or to Springfield, Missouri?
1: Ooh, let's go to where the Simpsons are from. Springfield.
0: Springfield City, Springfield, Springfield, Missouri, Springfield City Council has approved an infrastructure reimbursement agreement with Texas-based buc The convenience store chain is going to build its first store in Missouri, north of I-44 on Mulroy Road in Springfield. KY3 says the project includes building an interchange, improvements, and much more to Mulroy Road, and extending public utilities to portions that didn't have them before. The 100 gas pump station could open as soon as next summer. And it's not just limited to 100 pumps. Is it, Rick? No, it's not. No, it's not. That For people that insane. don't know anything <laughs> about Buckys, why don't you clue them in as to why this is so interesting and amazing.
1: If Wawa got together with Walmart, and walmart is just coming off of a five-year bender of steroids the baby would be a bucky's that's exactly what it would be it would be a bucky's so i've heard of this place the first one opened up it's true dude (laughs) the the first one in daytona opened up last year and i've heard about it i just didn't know all all you see is a beaver with with the teeth and that's it oh yeah and i'm like what is this buck and the media made a big deal out of it. So for Christmas break, we all went up to, uh, we drove up to uh, Tennessee and we stopped by uh, a Bucky's in Georgia. I'm like, look, we're hungry. The car needs gas. I got to go to the bathroom. Let me stop in. Utter insanity, JC.
0: Why? Why? Why the was it thing, insane?
1: It's just lines everywhere, people going crazy like they were at a Best Buy right before Black Friday. <laughs> and all I wanted to do is use the restroom. All I wanted to do is get a brisket sandwich at a gas station, which, by the way, was pretty damn good for that category. And what I mean by that is, because I'm a food snob, briskets to me, it's 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 fancy stuff. But if you sell it at a gas station, you better come right. And boy, did they! It was really, really good. So many people, like a hundred pumps. That that Bucky's. I think Bucky should have their own zip code. That's how big they are. And you could do whatever you want in there. Actually, you know what? If you're growing up right, it, it's if you have kids right now, you don't have enough money to take your kids over to Disney. Just tell them you're going to Disney, but really take them to Bucky's. They won't know the difference until a few years later. But trust me, it is fun to watch. It is a <laughs> great place to hang out in, dude. Trust me. Love that oh, place. Oh
0: man, that's hysterical.
1: <laughs> dude, yeah, man. Oh, you we, are we great. went to Disney and got gas.
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Your, uh, your last current event story takes us to St. Louis. And look, ladies and gentlemen, tis the, tis the time of year. Um, some people that listen to the program do work for different industries. You know, we, We've talked about farming and agriculture. We've talked about the medical industry. If you can think of and dream of the industry, someone in human resources listens to this podcast and, and communicates with us on a regular basis about the ongoings. And I'm about to mention a very specific industry that's going to relate to quite a few of you that are listening out there. And it's a very limited and select few of you. But those of you who are you know who you are. (laughs) This is going to be a ramping up taking place in the NFL, Rick, and you're not going to believe it. This, according to reports, the NFL wants to put a team back in St. Louis, Missouri. After two decades under the arch oh. in 2015, the St. Louis Rams packed their bags and went west. But now the NFL wants to bring football back to St. Louis. The gravitational pull of Los Angeles was very, very strong. Too strong for the Rams to stay in St. Louis. So they moved. They hired a, a pretty Ricky coach. And they are magically amazing again. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. The Rams are amazing. They might even win today, who knows? They haven't played yet. We'll find out in a bit. Look, the NFL right now is expansion crazed, and they're putting up games. They they have a plan to be playing all across the globe in the next few years, all hmm. right? And in their expansion crazed reach right now, what they're looking at is a 17-game regular season expanded by the playoffs and two teams resulting in three wild card games per conference and word on the street is that they want an 18 game season soon. And for a round robin scheduling purpose, 36 teams to go with it. Now, according to Broncos insider, Benjamin Albright, the league has targeted four potential expansion cities to make that happen. Are you ready? We already know one of them is St. Louis, Missouri. I'm going to tell you one of the others, which is San Antonio, Texas. What are the other two cities, Rick? That they are looking to expand to. We yeah, had St. Louis, so San Missouri. Antonio, San, San Antonio, Louis. Texas. Next. Oh,
1: man. I'm trying to think. Here it
0: comes. Who, who doesn't? Toronto, Dakota, South Dakota? Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Wow. They want to put a team in Toronto. And then the last location on the expansion pipeline list as of right now is... Boston. London.
1: Le- what? Well, that makes sense. They've been playing there for like the past five years, right?
0: Crazy, we just isn't want, it?
1: We just want to piss the English off. That's what we want to do, right? Now, look, we something we, we cut away from them. Now we're going to go away over there and really change what football really means to them.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, right, so, right. <laughs> so, so as right now, the NFL is currently being sued by the city of St. Louis for breach of contract, fraud, illegal enrichment, and several other unsavory financial terms. In the lawsuit, they alleged that the NFL basically did not follow their own enforceable relocation policy when they approved mm. Stan Kronik's plan for a standalone stadium in Los Angeles, resulting in a considerable financial loss for the city of St. Louis. Barring for the delays, trial is tentatively set for January 10th in St. Louis. And uh, I don't know how that went. Um, uh, we need to research that. I don't know what happened there. Who cares, though? In this... Well, <laughs> but... But there's there's a whole thing going on, and their concession here is: look, we're we're gonna put football back in St. Louis. Unbelievable, fantastic things. I can't believe that they're actually considering a team in Toronto. You know, for my uh, my Buffalo Bills. That's uh, it could be quite the rivalry here.
1: But JC? Let's talk about that. What? Let's, because I know we just about ten minutes ago we just finished talking about what kind of support. Doctors and medical personnel need from an HR perspective, right? Because they're dealing with a lot. They're dealing with a lot of emotional distress. We haven't talked about what happened in uh, um, uh, in uh, football last weekend, and in football last weekend, actually, especially in Buffalo. Buffalo Bills fans, myself included, had a heartbreak loss last week, and I think we're going to do everybody here a this a a a disservice if we don't talk about how Josh Allen led that Buffalo Bills team from beginning to end with the poise that he had, the leadership skills, the, the the commanding presence. I mean, yes, they lost, but man, everybody in Buffalo, every Buffalo Bills fan needs to be uh grateful for that team. They just the leadership that Josh Allen showed even in the face of adversity. To the point, to the point and I don't know if if you saw this the the chiefs fan decided to put together a fund um, to donate to Josh Allen's foundation which they it's they, they they raised what about almost half a million dollars i think it was 475,000 dollars they raised i don't yeah, know
0: which, if you saw that jc it was amazing the kc fans stepped up to the plate Dude. After the game, they contributed. That definitely goes directly to help out a wing of the Children's Hospital here, Look at that. in Buffalo. That's named after um, Josh's family, his mom. You know, so this yeah. is uh, this huge, man. You know, that's a, that's a class act on the uh, KC fans' part. sans the one uh, drunken guy that ran on the field that got uh, dealt. <laughs> you know, but, <laughs> got
1: tackled. I saw yeah. that.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um, there's there's a lot going on with Josh. You know, he he came out. He said, "Look, uh, we we could uh, debate." The rules we could talk about um i this is not a quote i'm paraphrasing uh, it was something along the lines of like we could debate the rules we could talk about the overtime we could we could get into all that but there's no point what's done is done it's over it's over if we would have won we would have benefited from it yep. as well um right. let's focus on next year let's be stronger together and keep moving forward now in the process our offensive coordinator brian dable he's gone he's, he left he went to the giants he's taken a head coaching position there and moving forward is projected our quarterbacks coach is going to go. Um, there's contracts that we we only have three million dollars worth of cap space left. So there's a lot of people that are probably going to be gone at the end of the season. This was like really the the push of it all. But the team, the city, all of us, we really haven't been talking about it so much. And some things have been coming out just a little bit every day. And Rick, I got to tell you, a couple days ago there was a uh, there was an article that came out about Josh Allen, and um, he re- he was snubbed for the Pro Bowl. I don't know if you knew this um but they did not select him to be part of the Pro Bowl team at all when when selections came out. So they did reach out with a alternate position for him. Ah. And they offered that and uh he declined. He declined. He he de- he turned back to the NFL and said thank you but no thank you. Uh politely declined and and kind of kept pressing forward, you know, stating he's not going to play as an alternate. Um, he puts his he puts his body through a lot, you know, his team's been through a lot. And uh it's it's kinda comical if you think about it, you know, who would wanna watch him play in the Pro Bowl at this point? Like, who's that? Just your family tunes in, right? But uh <laughs> I don't know. All good.
1: So I thought I read that so it, it's you caught me off guard, but it's the alternate piece that I missed, right? Because I saw that he was invited and he declined it, saying that he's just gonna you know just just relax which I don't blame him after that it, pouring his heart out on the field dude, like that and just carrying you know just the whole Bill's mafia on his back and it, it, it's I don't blame him just take some time recalibrate um so I don't blame him for saying no I just don't know why they made him an alternate I don't he <laughs> I mean, just just have have the boy start dude he's proven that he is freaking awesome under pressure so going back quote- and forth
0: the quote that he put back out the quote that he put back out to the NFL unfortunately I will be declining the invitation to play in the pro bowl this year in order to allow my body to rest and recover from the harshness of the season the type of quarterback that I am I obtain a lot of bumps and bruises along the road of a season so I will use this time to let my body heal definitely a lesson in self care right there that's right that's right I don't blame him at all and
1: you know I saw I saw a meme that made me laugh I I sent it to you where uh, somebody said, there's nothing else Josh Allen could have done. And somebody said, I responded to it on Twitter. He's like, he could have called heads. (laughs) Which is hilarious, but a lot of people were hating on that. But I'm like, wait a minute. You guys don't see what I see here. That right there, that right there was a compliment. It was a compliment because that means don't give him the ball first because he's going to do something with it right because with all the overtime rules that says the first drive if you get to the end they get it so if he would have selected the the right call which is 50/50 chance no skill involved there right um he it, it's it's the bills would have won so look that guy is a class act he didn't get upset he kept poised. he kept that team on track and nobody in the bills Mafia should be upset at the team. Yes, be upset at the loss, but that team poured their heart out on that field and and nobody can ask of them anything more than what they gave. Proud team right there. Very proud.
0: We'll find out next year whether or not other proud people like Antonio Brown will be joining the Buffalo Bills. But luckily, Josh Allen didn't rip off his clothes and get fired yeah. in the middle of a game. Speaking of crazy things happening in football, Tom Brady is now allegedly retiring. Told you some crazy crap was going on there. We'll find out whether or not that's true. Well, his dad's okay. his dad said it's happening. His dad said it's real. I think it's one of the other. Either Brady walks, or that head coach in Tampa is getting fired. One of the three. Something's you know happened. Yeah, it's either or Brady's three. Brady Brady's walking, Brady's retiring, or the coach is getting fired. It's one of three. <laughs> that's it three options. Brady's going to be the coach. So as as you have deep wounds, and it doesn't matter what affected you, it could have been a, a football game. It could have been something else in your life. As your friends pour salt in those wounds, you have the solace and understanding and knowing that TikTok is there to support you. So when you need it, you could grab the tiki Laugh a little, cry a little, exchange TikToks with friends. This past week, Ricky Bias and I sent back and forth 376 TikTok messages. And this here is now the top four in our weekly TikTok roundup. Ricky Baez, take it away. All right. This
1: one is that Danish guy. Yeah, that Danish guy. So I'm just gonna play it, and then we'll talk about it afterwards. Because the clip does a really good job at explaining what happened. Here we go.
2: Well, I want to speak to the fucking person who made this drink. Is that you? No, well, we wasn't don't know it.
0: who made it. So. You don't know
1: who made it? There's four of us here, so we honestly don't know. Fucking, stupid
0: fucking ignorant high school kids. Okay, bye. I want to speak to the fucking. Bye. Camera. Okay, you can Jam call stop.
2: corporate whenever you want. Bye. No, I don't care. Give it to me right now. Yeah? What? Crazy? I'm calling, oh, the, police. I'm calling the police. I'm calling the police. Get out. What? What? I want like the fucking telephone you now, know. right now. I want the telephone. And shut me. the fuck up. You shut up. Get out. You push me around. Bye. You're a fucking idiot. I'm feeling really good for you. Bye. I want the phone. Bye. Shut up. You shut up. You're not gonna tell me. to Shut up. Who are you? Who are you? you? immigrant loser! What? Wow!
0: Get
2: the fuck out! Get the fuck out! Get the fuck, out! Get the fuck out!
1: Get
0: out jail! You so this out jail. guy, let it keep playing. So this guy, he he comes in. He's got an issue with a drink that was made for him at this store. I'm Zano.
1: Of Merrill Lynch. Are you just publicly oh. being racist and assaulting minors? Is Uh-oh. that what you're doing? Looking forward to the consequences of your actions.
0: Like- oh, 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 oh. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Dude. Okay. So so guy goes in, <laughs> orders a fruity drink. He he's upset about it. I don't know. Maybe there was too much ice. Who knows? And then uh, he goes in and starts being a turd. And he actually used the term "immigrant loser" as well. Yeah, he did. as As yeah. well as yelling at children that are working a part time job. Ladies and gentlemen, Merrill Merrill Lynch Wealth Management, that's Merrill Lynch Wealth Management at its finest, managing director was officially fired. He was let go. He was. They, They did not tolerate that. Ricky, put yourself in the shoes of the HR person that gets to see this video Monday morning after your managing director flips out. How does that conversation go? What's that look like?
1: So emotions out of the way, nothing but HR head on right now, because the emotions are going to be a little bit different, JC.
0: Now, wait a minute, though. You and you and the managing director, you go back many years. You're good friends. Mm -hmm. He's a big moneymaker. He's a top dog at this place you need. He's part of the crew, dude. You guys, you smoke cigars and drink cocktails. Is it still the same? It is the same. I'm not going to
1: change my rationale regardless on how I know him. Right. Because I to me, I'm the HR director first when it comes to this. Right. Um, Now, my conversation with him would be if I saw that I would have been like, dude, was that you? What's going on? You can't do stuff. Now, if his name wasn't attached to the organization, whatever happens outside of work stays outside of work until when social media takes a hold of it. They find out who you are, who you work for. Now, our name is being drugged through the mud. Now, we are forced to do something about it. We are. Now, let me clock out real quick, JC. I I don't know if you knew what happened, what caused them to flip out like that.
0: No, wasn't it something with peanut butter or uh, it was a sunny day or <laughs> something like that?
1: Nothing was sunny day. There was a sunny day, but.
0: Yeah, I, um, I don't know. What What's the backstory, dude?
1: According to the story, I don't know if this is true or not, according to the story, um, he his son is uh, severely allergic to peanuts. And he went to the store with his son, ordered him a drink, and they said, please do not put any peanuts on here. There's a peanut allergy. And they didn't do it. So the son started drinking the smoothie, got a severe allergic reaction to the point that they had to call 911 and they had to rush the son
0: to the hospital. Oh, now two sides of the story here. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so-
1: so now, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. I understand his anger. I completely disagree in how he chose to express it. Completely wrong. Because as a father, dude, we're, we're, we're both fathers, right? I would be pissed if I warned you guys to be careful with the food allergy that my family member has. You don't pay attention to it. Yes, it was a mistake, but it was a mistake that could have cost somebody their life. Because in the restaurant industry, you do not play with
0: food wow, allergies at all. I had all. no idea. I thought it yeah. just went in raging. Unbelievable. Well, he did. You know, <laughs> he did go no, in but raging. but though. There's two sides to every story. You're yeah. right. This is an excellent point for the human resource uh, mindset, you know? Absolutely. Even though something blows up to be that large on social media. So then, with that being said, given the story of it all, should you cancel him? I mean, they tried to kill his kid. So
1: tough call here. Should It is a tough call. I would still choose to part ways with them as an organization, right? Because regardless of what happened, he let his true colors go. He let them out. He called them stupid kid immigrants from a different country, completely insulted those kids. Yes, they made a mistake, right? People do make mistakes, but there's a way how to handle those. Now, had, had social media not taken a hold, to be honest, had social media not taken a hold, and um and nobody found that where he worked chances are he still would have his job today right he still would have but because he decided to do what he did and let his his emotions get the best of him now he doesn't have a job rightfully so because it came out that there was some racist uh a racist undertone to uh to uh to what he meant and you know what they say jc when your emotions are out there that is your true self and he showed him and then social media put two and two together and now. Only thing people see is there's a senior leader that's racist working for Maryland. Of course, they got to do something about it. They have to, <laughs> but I don't blame the guy for being pissed, though. I don't. I'm sorry. Next one. All right. Here is the next story that we got, and this one is Y'all Think I Got the Job by J. Rob Darcell. Let's check this one out. Let's see what this one's talking about. Nice. Got to do an HR. Telling a job interview or a story that don't make sense Y'all stay tuned but
2: Tell me a little bit
1: about yourself Um, I just graduated from home last year ago My degree in walking fish with a minor in water in the snow Because I mop air I'm also a dentist that fits his feet at the vet when I'm wide asleep So uh, I think this job would be pretty good for my mom Since she doesn't have kids hey,
2: What are you talking about?
1: As I was saying, I was saying that my, my twin uncle was like walking meatless dogs, right? <laughs> Come to find out the dryer was wet from folding dishes because the kitten dogs was moving.
2: What? I don't think this is going to work out. This is not a good fit for our company. And I would not hold your breath waiting for a phone call.
1: Damn. Uh, so, do I start last year?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tell a job interview. All right, that's good. That's good. That's it. Wow. Whoa. Have you <laughs> graduated <laughs> from home? <laughs> Have you had that happen to you?
1: Um, not to that degree, but I have been involved in in interviews where tell me the person just kept talking and talking, and next thing you know, it, it, it's they made sense, but they were so boring in how they were they were you know saying it that I zoned out for like thirty seconds, right? And then when he says, "Does that make sense?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." Next, because it was just I, it's completely lost me, right? But this guy took it to the next level. He's talking about he graduated from home because and this
0: job would, would be great little, for his
1: mom because would, she doesn't have kids, right? <laughs> right.
0: How many how many HR people out there get get put into these positions where they're spending time having to do these interviews? How many recruiters, how many HR Bro. people? It's it's got to be crazy cuz this is a trend right now as well, right? It's a trend, it it's, it's big it, on TikTok, it's big all over the internets to, to do goofy stuff like this.
1: It's funny for us, bro, but you know, I will be livid because these days, recruiters are having a hard time. Recruiters are having a hard time finding the right people for the right jobs at the right time. And they spend a lot of time going through resumes, going through uh, through the interview process, only to get to this stage talking to somebody who you think would be a good fit, and you're finally gonna be able to close down that requisition, only to find that as a joke. Brutal, brutal. I would, be, I would be pissed. I'd be cursing that person off as soon as I hang up. <laughs> like, wasting my time, dude. All right, here we go. The next one we have, this one is work from home, Meetings got wrong. This is from MJL five two six on TikTok. Check this out.
2: Do you have any questions for uh we get started? Oh yeah. How old are your children? Um, oh my God. I don't have any kids. Oh. Well what does your mug say, Daddy? Do you have any, any questions for <laughs> <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs>
1: oh, I get it. Did you get I it? Wonder if I wonder if everybody else does. I don't know.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what does your mug say, Daddy? <laughs>
0: Play that one more time,
2: please. Yeah, watch.
0: Uh, we get started? Oh, yeah. How old are your children? Um,
2: I don't have any kids. Oh. Well, what does your mug say, Daddy.
0: Do you have any questions? Oh, the virtual <laughs> environment.
2: Ah, uh, dude. So, okay.
1: So at first I thought this was an interview. And I'm like, oh, great. Because I'm like, why are they talking about kids during an interview? Why? It, it's just it's yeah, completely tone deaf to what was happening there. Mm. Yeah, I know why the mug says daddy. All right. Wait, wait. Go ahead. I've been I've been an interview. So normally we we uh We train people when interviewing to stay away from those kinds of questions. That wasn't an interview, but we do train people to stay away because it can land you in legal trouble if the person doesn't get a job, right?
0: Yeah, but what if the candidate – Ask you. Right. (laughs) I mean, it's something – That's happened to me before. On your camera.
1: Oh, really? You had a mug like that? That's happened to me before. No, not a mug like that. Not a mug. (laughs) I did have somebody ask me, like, "That's that's a really sexy accent. Where are you from? I'm like, I'm sorry? It it's it caught me off guard because she was talking about my accent and I'm like, Well, you know Scotland. I'm uh Scotland. <laughs> Dude, it caught me so off guard because I'm like, normally I'm going to answer it. But I'm like, no, because it doesn't matter what she knows about me. But what matters is that I don't want to go down that road of having this conversation. So I just stopped and I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't know what the accent has to do with this interview, but let's just start. And that's just started. Right. And she did not like that at all Mm. at all. But that happens. It's uh, what I tell people when the person you're interviewing asks you some questions that would be illegal if it was the other way around. Nod your head, acknowledge. Don't write anything down, and continue on. Just continue on to so, the next step so in the process. So, so what if that
0: person's asking you those questions at the end of the interview, and now it's put you into a position to expose the culture of your organization at the same time? <laughs> right? Wow. Well,
1: he. If somebody was to ask me that at the end, what I would say at the moment is that, look, you know what? Still, at this moment, that's not the right time to talk about that. But if an offer is made based on your skill set, I'll be more than happy to talk about that. A new employee orientation, but we're introducing ourselves to everybody as to show exactly how cultural we are and then hang up the phone.
0: Unbelievable. Hey, uh, <laughs> we are nearing that time of the program where it's, it's just time for a choice, Rick. Um, if you want to do the last TikTok, uh, feel free. Alternatively, we could head directly into Final Thoughts. Where do you want to go?
1: Let's go to Final Thoughts because I don't know if there's another TikTok. Is. Oh, there is. Oh,
0: yeah. Is there? No, it's a really good one. It so defines wait, generations and histories. Yeah.
1: History blocks. Let's do this. You ready?
0: Yeah. Go or ahead. Part
1: Three or four. If it comes up. Here we go. Wasn't ready for it. at internet
0: hmm. making I,
1: me feel good right now
0: yeah no there go. pretty terrible
2: history repeats itself in 80 year blocks called saculum but we'll just call them history blocks a fascinating fact about this book is that it was written during the last third turning published in 1997 but the book predicts now what's happening now in this fourth turning and what's happening now is right on schedule. Eighty years ago, in the last fourth turning, America had her Great Depression, then World War II. Eighty years before that, the Civil War. Eighty years before that, the Revolutionary War. Now it's our turn to save the country. So where do you fit into all this? What's your role? It depends when you were born. Each generation, each cohort, tends to embody a specific archetype. An archetype that will move the society towards the next high. Each generation's archetype is the characteristic that will define the generation in its prime, in midlife. The boomer archetype is the prophet. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs are boomers and prophets. Both predicted that one day everyone, not just big corporations and governments, would own a computer. Gates even predicted a crisis like COVID-19 five years beforehand. The writers of this book are boomers and prophets. Gen X is the nomad generation. The quintessential Gen Xer, Elon Musk, builds things that move us from one place to another. Rockets, electric cars, hyperloops, nomadic devices. But the millennials, raised during the unraveling, will emerge as the hero generation during this crisis. These are the Parkland High students, the frontline hospital workers, and Malala Yousafzai. The book says millennials will be the World War II heroes of our history block. We don't know what Gen Z will do, but they will be an artist generation. From them will emerge the next Bill Withers, Toni Morrison, or Bob Dylan, all born during the last crisis, all from an artist generation. Watch the last video in this four-part series.
1: Wow. You You know, JC, I saw the movie Ready Player One last night. According to them, that's not what happens.
0: I, I didn't it. see that movie. What's that movie?
1: Oh, you need to see it. All right. So, kind of goes with this. It's uh, the year twenty forty five in Ohio. Everybody lives in what looks like slums, but they put on. They go on social media. They go into the metaverse. They put on. The, start playing these video games, and they have their avatar. Um, they spend more time in this fake social media metaverse world than they do in the real world, right? And it talks about how society has shifted from the monetary values in real life and getting together in real life and they put more value into the time they spent in this metaverse with other people. And it uh, starts to go the other way. So uh, I was wondering where that falls into this book. I, that's really interesting, though, it's, as far as those 80-year yeah. blocks.
0: Yeah, it is. So, there, but but that's just a TikTok. It might not be, you know. That you have to research. you have to to cross correct. reference. You got to figure this one out. It's it is intriguing, though. Very intriguing.
1: Well, I am gonna uh, uh, see where that book is. I am gonna pick that up because it is intriguing. Because stuff like that, as far as patterns is concerned, historical s- significance, and what to do with that information to make sure you don't repeat atrocities again, is uh, something I'm really interested in. So I'm gonna find that book, and I, it's uh, it sounds. Really fast. I've never heard of those names before. So, oh, you're kicking me out. All right, I feel like I'm accepting a gift, accepting a an award. I want to thank everybody. I want to thank the atrocities. I want to thank the cohorts, uh, JC and his uh, falling iguana stories. Um, everybody's safer because of it. Thank you very much. Um, y'all what, have a good night. And one of the
0: best. <laughs> and one of the best ways people could reach you.
1: Biesco b a e z c o dot you can find a screaming face anywhere. On social media. You can download this episode via your favorite platform, whether it's Apple, Google, Stitcher, whatever it is. JC shows well. Interesting things with JC is available there. And also, folks, Space Ghost HR conference tickets are still available. Come see JC and myself there. We'll be happy to see you April 20th, 2022. We'll see
0: you there. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. On behalf of Ricky Baez, Ashley Brundage, BaezCo.com, and all those amazing things that you've come to know and love. We want to thank you very much for stopping by and listening to the program today. It's been our pleasure to be here with you. And thank you for enduring all the craziness that we bring together under one umbrella for you to enjoy. For example, if you find some frozen iguanas, don't put them in your car. Okay? Just don't do that. Um, stop by bucky's if you have the time right yeah yeah and at the end of the day history blocks it's a big deal it's intriguing
1: it really is
0: now set all that craziness aside back to something serious empowerment's a big deal don't forget it hey drive safe have a good night